0: This week in agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. USDA's supply demand report released Friday. Uh, pretty benign and quiet. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom said the WASDE report was pretty uneventful and demand numbers remained unchanged.
1: Now looking at the demand side of things, for new crop, the USDA touched nothing. For corn and soybeans and wheat and barley and oats um, and sorghum, they made no changes at all to demand. So classic USDA just totally kicking the can down the road. And all we're going to do now is back to weather watching here in the United States for the next market direction.
0: Old crop ending stocks for corn, wheat, soybeans, all unchanged from the May estimates in the June WASDE report. New crop carryout was also nearly unchanged from the may report new crop corn carryout expected at 312.8 million metric tons soybean carryout at 121.7 million tons and world wheat carryout expected at 264.2 million metric tons midwest market solutions president brian hoops says the usda report was pretty benign
2: usda did not make any changes to corn or soybean production, which really was not expected. They've never made a soybean production change in the month of June, and a handful of times they have for corn, and I think they certainly would have been justified in doing it this year with crop ratings really sinking, but it it seems like um, this happened maybe more after June 1 than prior to that. There wasn't much of a crop problem, crop stress prior to June 1. That's really been uh, more uh, developing here recently. And wheat production rising a little bit, I I think that makes some sense. You know, the crop ratings have been improving. There's been good rain since our last uh, supply and demand report. So I don't think that was a, a shock or a trade to anyone.
0: U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the June wasdi report didn't cause any market excitement.
2: The, the June report is kind of a speed
3: bump here, in between the uh, weather, which is the dominant issue, and the June 30th Acres and Stocks and All Position report. And you know the government didn't uh, surprise us; they left. Uh, Uh, ending stocks you know they took up just a little bit lower exports on both corn and beans so we take the ending stocks up and took argentine crop down but brazil crop up so kind of compensated there so like you said it's a circle the wagon and back to the weather uh, is going to be the dominant issue going forward and then the competition with brazil on uh, how much green can they sell during the summer
0: a pretty volatile livestock market this week. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Stroman said the livestock markets uh, were mixed after opening higher.
4: And we were sharply higher this morning in the, in the feeders and the live cattle. Uh, you know, traded with some decent gains. And uh, again, I, I think you look at the technical damage that was done on Tuesday, and you know, had some more selling come into the market here at the midday time frame. Uh, you look at the cattle side of the uh, the the equation, and uh, we had a stronger cash market again this week. The futures are at a discount to the cash supplies are tight uh, export demand has been slow, but that technical damage I think uh, added to the selling pressure and
0: Stroman says even the lean hogs got in on the action
4: We posted new contract lows a week ago last Friday, and I think we're about thirteen fourteen dollars above that uh today. We gapped higher on the open. Uh, The cash index is climbing, uh, stronger cash and cutout markets, uh, and seasonally we see those uh, supplies uh, decline here too. So a pretty exciting day for the meats across the board.
0: That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Weeds,
2: disease, markets. If you grow dry beans, you're dealing with crop management pressures all season long. Weeds. And while you're tough enough to handle the pressure, your dry beans aren't. That's why there's BASF. Our dry bean crop protection solutions relieve the pressure. With better control, start to finish. Contact your BASF retailer for better dry bean solutions all season long.
0: World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the northern plains,
3: we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada.
0: To South America, Buenos
3: Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast.
0: Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.
1: A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A section of the pipeline used to transport ammonia fertilizer from Russia through Ukraine has been blown up. A Russian foreign ministry official said it will take one to three months to repair. Russia has repeatedly said it won't renew its participation in the Black Sea Grain Initiative when the current deal expires in July. This action casts further doubt on the future of that grain deal. Union workers at the West Coast ports have been staging unannounced work stoppages, causing problems for cargo shipments. The contract negotiations have now moved into their second year. Trade groups have asked the White House to get more involved in the labor dispute. The port of Oakland and the Long Beach port is shutting down. U.S. Meat Export Federation President CEO Dan Hallstrom says this could impact meat shipments from the West Coast to Asia.
0: When it comes to chilled cargo, be it beef or pork, especially pork with a shorter shelf life, one of the keys is to have your closest port of calls, which would be the West Coast. I mean, we can switch some of this cargo to places like the Gulf and and even the East Coast, but it'll be much, much uh, of a disadvantage when it comes to shelf life and marketability of U.S. products. So uh, shifting, especially on a chilled side, uh, away from the West Coast is not a particularly uh, good option.
1: The federal government will perform a safety assessment of all major U.S. railroads, this decision follows the February derailment of the Norfolk Southern train in Ohio. The Federal Railroad Administration will conduct this review over the next year. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer sought the analysis, saying the freight rail industry has perpetuated a culture of cost-cutting and shortcuts. Purdue University and CME Group Ag Economy Barometer showed farmer sentiment decreased in the month of May to the lowest levels it's seen since July of last year. Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. James Mintert says sentiment fell in all parameters of their monthly survey. Commodity market prices are a likely driver.
0: Looking at the data from this month versus last month, a good bit of that decline in sentiment was probably re- uh, related to the decline in crop prices that took place between when we collected data in mid-April to when we collected data in the middle of May. Um, you know, if you look at those prices, I think, uh, depending on which commodity you're looking at, whether it's corn, soybeans, or wheat, those prices rolled down between eight and 10% over that time frame, and we've seen some additional weakness since then. Um, and that, that was probably the biggest concern for uh, producers with respect to a change from April to May was that Uh, concerned about a cost-price squeeze, and that's really starting to show up in some of our data.
1: The Office of U.S. Trade Representative announced last Friday that it has requested dispute settlement consultations with Mexico under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. National Corn Growers Association President Tom Haig says they've been pushing for a settlement since October in response to Mexico's ban on biotech corn. Going forward, a group of experts will hear the case and determine if biotech corn is safe. Heyk says the recent push to file a dispute settlement with Mexico was welcome news.
4: Something that we've been uh, pushing for and wanting USDR to uh, push Mexico into
2: uh, now or into a, you know we're going to have a panel and it's it's really a, it's going to court and to prove that uh, they have to follow the rules of the trade agreement uh, that we have signed between the, us and Mexico and Canada.
1: Legislation has been introduced in the Senate to delist the gray wolf from the endangered species list. This plan would create a region-specific plan to delist the wolf in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It would create an advisory committee to create the final delisting rule for the region. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
2: ProSeed experience is the people that we're working with, the hands-on. We're not a super large company, but we're a hands-on dealing with customers. I know most of these fields because of the time I've been covering this area. In many cases, I've covered with up to the third generation of operators on the farm, from grandpa down to the the son that's being handed over to now, and we build our business on service. You take care of the customer, and they take care of you. Need seed, think ProSeed. ProSeed.net, great seed at a reasonable price.
0: Join us every Tuesday at 12:37 for Crop Watch. We'll be talking with farmers, agronomists, crop protection and seed industry representatives, and extension personnel about crop progress and conditions. That's Crop Watch every Tuesday, 12:37, right here on this Red River Farm Network station. Crop Watch is brought to you by Varisto Herbicide from BASF, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, ProSeed, prairie Industries, and Bayer Crop Science. Crop Watch. Tuesdays at 1237.
5: With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. In the latest USDA crop progress report, 96% of the corn and 91% of the soybeans are planted nationwide. In both cases, emergence is well ahead of the five-year average. 64% of the corn is rated good to excellent, and 62% of the soybeans have that same rating. In both cases, those numbers were below trade expectations. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the spring wheat conditions aren't bad.
4: We're sitting at 64% good to excellent, 2% very poor to poor. In terms of drought, the real focus is on the northwest. Keeping an eye on Washington State, for example, where 10% of the crop highest in the nation, is rated very poor to poor.
5: 36% of the winter wheat condition is in good to excellent condition, up two percentage points from last week. 4% of the winter wheat is harvested. And the rain put a quick stop to planning for Kennedy, Minnesota farmer Tom Dowdled.
2: We were uh, waiting for our last soybean field to get that done. We got into it, and then of course the clouds exploded. We had to bail out of there. So we had a little bit left to go yet, but we'll get it done here.
5: Emergence had come along well since spotty showers last week.
2: Some of the wheat was spotty emergent because of uh, dryness and some of the wheat seed was in dry dirt. Some of our beets were in dry dirt, but now they came here last week. We got, we got a couple, three lighter showers last week where it, it missed, and I think uh, that's what helped. those few kernels that were still in the dry dirt come up, so they're, they're all going to be up now and um, we should be spraying already, but now, of course, we got a shot of rain. There's water standing, so now we got to maybe get an aerial applicator to do a little bit. Uh, we're spraying a couple beet fields today for root fly maggot. There's a few of those in our area. Get those under control, and then weed control. And the beets, too, we need to get on those and get them cleaned up, too.
5: NDSU Extension weed specialist Joe Eichley says weed growth was delayed until it warmed up, but the quick warm up in temperatures spurred growth on quickly.
3: So, the interesting thing as we look at this year is that it basically pushed back the start of weed growth as we might typically expect. And so some years it may be as early as late February, if not, uh, certainly in March we could see kochia emerge, uh, but we were basically locked under snow for many until sometime later in April. And so basically what they meant is once the snow finally got, finally melted, went away, and we got some sun, then all those kind of early season weeds, kochia, lambsquarters, another one, finally started to emerge and then we got warm really quickly too. So the interesting thing this year is we basically went from you know, snow covered to about every single weed that we have in the field trying to emerge.
5: In a typical year, broadleaf weeds will emerge first, followed by pigweeds and others, but that wasn't the case this spring.
3: Other years when we don't have snow cover, have a more gradual warm warmup. It, it may be, a, you know, we'll see a, a series of weeds emerge, like kosher and lamb squirters might be first. Then we'll get some pig weeds, um I uh, should say wild buckwheat and an earlier um, flusher emergence as well. And then later on, mid-May or so, is when we would start to see things like water hemp and uh, our nightshades emerge. So that basically all just happened in a two-week window this year rather than spread out across maybe six weeks.
5: According to NDSU Crop and Pest Report, a canola flea beetle frenzy is underway. In the early planted fields in northeast North Dakota, there may be issues with insecticide seed treatments because the canola plant is not actively growing with the hot, dry weather. In these cases, a rescue foliar insecticide treatment is recommended. The plant will be able to tolerate flea leaf beetle feeding once the canola reaches the 4-6 to leaf stage. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Outlook
2: herbicide from BASF provides superior control of the toughest weeds. I think this, these residual chemistries in sugar beets are the way forward because, as we've seen, this water hemp footprint grow. Some of these fields they get pretty, pretty messy uh, mid to late season, and that's where this Group 15 chemistry, which Outlook is a part of, uh, going to be very instrumental in producing this crop moving forward. That's BASF district sales manager Ken Dybert. See your local retailer or BASF rep for more details.
4: Why do you listen?
2: You get the local news and the weather is up to date all the time.
1: Oh, I love sports. It's good to hear what's going on because you can't make it to all the games.
4: I
2: listen from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night.
1: It moves with me. It's portable.
0: It goes with me. It's in my car. I can find my mood. I can flip through stations, up and down, the dial. There's always something that's talking to me.
4: Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today.